favor to you when you served in righteousness early. He bestowed his grace. He bestowed his mercy. He bestowed his favor. Come on and worship him for his faithfulness. Worship him for being consistent inspired by inconsistencies. Worship him for being faithful inspired by unfaithfulness. Worship him for being diligent inspired by undiligence. Hallelujah. 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 Come on and put those hands together and give God a great praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, choir. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, go with me in the gospel, if you can, and turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1. Those that are able to stand in the Father's grace will be reading the record of God's word. 1 Samuel chapter 1. Samuel chapter 1. Start at verse 1. If you haven't, say amen. If you don't, just say yes. And I'll be able to magnify God and not lose his grace. There was a certain man of Ramathaim of Zophar of the hill country of Ephraim, Ephraim, named Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Kehu, the son of Nephi. He had two wives, one named Hannah and the other named Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. This man went from his, from his city year by year to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where Hophni and Penina, the two sons of Eli, were the Lord's priests. When the day came that Elkanah sacrificed, he would give to Penina his wife and all of her sons and daughters a portion of the sacrificial meat. But to Hannah he gave a double portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had given her no, given her no children. In some versions it said the Lord had shut up her womb. This embarrassed and grieved Hannah, and her rival provoked her greatly to vex her because the Lord had left her child. So it was year after year, whenever Hannah went up to the Lord's house, Penina provoked her, so she wept and did not enter. And if we cannot be able to make there a purpose behind your pain, come on, find your loving neighbor and say, neighbor, there's purpose behind your pain. Come on, lay hands on yourself and say, self, there is purpose behind your pain. Come on, it's all going to make sense after a while. But until then, we have to hold on and trust God and know, and know that we know that we know that we know that there is purpose behind our pain. Father God, we come before you. We magnify you. We glorify you. We thank you, oh God. I bind this talk right now, Father God, in the name of Jesus, uh, that I can be able to talk and say what you have given me to say, Father God. I pray, Lord God, that my body will line itself up, Lord God, with your will and with your way. Father God, I ask and pray that you open up hearts and minds of people that they will be receptive to the word of God and receive the word of God and give it. God, I pray that this is a confirming word for someone on today, Lord God, to let them know that there is purpose behind their pain. They're not going through it just for any old reason, oh God. 
but there's a purpose of God. It has a plan of God. It is. And we thank you and we praise you and we magnify you. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. I should take me to keep reminding maybe one more time that there's purpose behind your pain. There's purpose behind your pain. It all will make sense after this. The primary theme of 1 Samuel is transition. It deals with the transition of leadership and the transition of events. It reminds us that transition is a process intended to make us and not to break us. The process of God is there to identify within us what isn't of God so that those things, so that uh, those things that have built up to, to become bacteria and viruses and infections can be killed and discarded from our lives so it will not interfere with the destiny that God has for our lives. It is to our advantage as believers of God, as the children of God, that we submit ourselves to the process of that we may be molded and shaped and fashioned and made into everything that God has already ordained for us to be. Despite the pain, despite the frustration, despite the inconvenience that the process may cause us, it's all a part of a, it all has a purpose and a plan at the end. Hannah, whose name means grace and favor, is a woman of God who has a serious issue. She's barren and not able to give her husband, Elkanah, a child. But most importantly, she's not able to give him a son. A son who who will be able to carry on the legacy of his father. During the times of Hannah, that Hannah lived, and it was very embarrassing for a wife, for a woman, not to be able to produce a child. You were considered less of a woman. And found to be a disgrace because of your infirmity. When this happens, husbands like Elkanah find wives who are able to conceive them children. Hannah's barrenness, but the, 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 the strange thing about it is that Hannah's barrenness wasn't due to problems in her or Elkanah's reproductive system. It wasn't due to an age thing. But the Bible reminds us in verse 5 that God has shut up her womb where she was barren and unable to produce a child. What do you do, saints of God, when God causes all of your plans to cease? What do you do when God stops your progress? I'm coming to the realization, saints of God, that pain and pressure, even though it may be very taxing, even though it may be very overwhelming, even though it may cause you to have a, 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 a sea and a variety of emotions, it can be handled best, Elder Robinson, if and when I know that there is purpose behind it all. I can handle the pain. I can handle the pressure. Stephanie, I can handle the, I, I, I can handle, uh, the taxation. I can handle the overwhelming. I can handle all of those things if I know that what I'm going through has a purpose and a plan behind it all. It makes no sense, saints of God. It makes no sense for us to go through certain things if we know that God is not working those things out for our good, if we know that God is not trying to make us and to mold us and to shape us into what he has already ordained for us to be. It would almost seem as if I'm going through the trials and tribulations of life in vain. 
But the penmanship of the Apostle Paul reminds us in Romans 8, 28, for we are assured to know that God being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for, for good and, and to and for those who love God, who are called according to his design and to his purpose. Pain is more acceptable in life. In the life of a believer, when we realize and understand that there is a there is a reason for the pain, there is a reason for the overwhelming, there is a reason for the pressure that God has in our life. I got a question for you this morning, saints of God. How long will you resist the process of God? How long will you resist the process of God, the process of pain that God is allowing to happen in your life? Because listen here, saints of God, it may surprise us the things that we may be going through, the things that we may be dealing with, but it does not it does not surprise God because the Bible says that He knows the end already. He knows the end already from the beginning. It may have caught us off guard. It may have surprised us. It may have shocked us. But it has not shocked God at what we're going through right now. Come on, we can all testify, saints of God, that we've been going through a season of different things that have been going on in our life. And we're trying to figure out, Deacon Martin, why in the world am I going through what I'm going through? God, I'm faithful to you, Lord. I read my word. I pay my tithes. I, I treat others as I, as I, as I would want to be treated. God, I'm following your commandments, but why am I experiencing so much pain and pressure in my life? Why is it, God, that even though when I think that I got all my I's dotted and all my T's crossed, something comes in and erases everything that I have? Why is it, God? that I should be a lot farther along in life. But here I am. God, I feel like I'm stagnated where I am. I feel like I'm not going forward. I'm not going backwards. I'm just going in circles and staying in the same place that I'm staying in. I'm making no progress at all. I came to let somebody know today. Now listen, somebody here, you've been trying to make some, uh, you've been trying to make some uh, uh, real decisions in your life. You've been trying to make out some plans about where you want to be in life, where you want to go in life, where you want to live, what career you want to take on, who you want to marry, how many kids you want, all these different things, all these decisions that's going on in your mind. And God is trying, God has sent me here to let you know that there is a purpose behind all of the frustration that you're experiencing in your life. There's a purpose behind all of the irritation that you are experiencing in your life. God is trying to get us to understand that all of it is fitting together into a plan that I have personally designed for your life. That's the one thing I like about God is that, listen, there's so many of his children, but he knows each and every one of us. And so he makes no mistakes how he designed things. He makes no mistakes how he put things together. He makes no The Bible says that he will not put more on us than we can be able to bear. But listen, if we can be honest today, saints of God, sometimes we feel like God has put more and plus a little extra on us. And we feel like, God, if you don't lighten up a little bit on the pressure, Lord, I am going to lose my, my, God, if you don't make sense. Listen, I have to tell myself this week, I said, God, after a while, you are going to make sense of all of this stuff. I said, it does not seem clear now. It may not seem like it has a purpose now. But, God, you have to make sense of all of this in the end. God, you have to make sense of everything that's going on in my life. God, you have to bring.
you are going to work everything out, but help me to be able to hold on through the process. Because, saints of God, what happens is we neglect the process because of the pain and the pressure. We we forfeit the glory and the favor that God wants to have on our life because of the little pain that we have to experience. We forfeit the things of God because we don't want to go through certain things in life. But listen, I came by to tell somebody today, whether you like it or not, there's some things that you're going to have to go through. Whether you like it or not, there's some things that you're going to have to experience that's going to pull you out of your comfort zone. There's some things that you're going to have to experience that's going to draw you closer to God. There is some pain and pressure that has to come into your life in order to make you and mold you and shape you and fashion you into what God has already ordained for you to be. But the problem that we find, saints of God, is the lack of maturity. The lack of maturity. Because we don't realize the pain is trying to develop something on the inside of us that we cannot do ourselves. <laughs> the pain is trying to develop something in your life. The pain is trying to bring something in your life that you cannot get in a book by George Meyer. The pain is trying to bring something out of your life that you cannot sow a seed into. The pain that God is trying to God, the process of pain that God is placing in your life is something that you can't even pray with your prayer partner about to bring you through. But there's some stuff in your life that you got to stand there and flat foot and go right through it. I can't get no help today, but that's okay because I'm almost done. It's things that we must go through in life. Why? Because life is like you ain't there. Life is like stuff is going to happen, things are going to come up, but it's all about life. It's all, it's all a part of life and the pressures and the pains of life. Pain and pressure has a way of putting things out of you that you didn't even know were there. Get yourself in a tough situation. Get yourself in a corner, and you don't know what to do, and the pressure and the pain is mounting up upon your life. And watch and see what God pulls out of you. Oh, you thought you couldn't pray. Well, listen, I'll tell you one thing. You're going to learn how to pray now when your back is up against the wall, and you have nowhere else to go. You have no one to call on because everybody you call, they answer they phone. Everybody you text, they answer back. You call your mama, mama sleep. You call daddy, daddy sleep. But there's some things in life that you are going to have to go through. And God is saying, I'm using this pain, I'm using this pressure to bring something out of you that normally wouldn't even be there. Trying to bring some things out of your life that you don't even know is there. And the only way I'm going to get it out is through pressure and pain as it comes to my life. Hannah was grieved, she was disturbed, she was bothered by Penina. Year after year, the Bible says, as they went to the temple to worship, of all the times that Penina could have bothered Hannah, it was on their way to church. She was provoked, she was irritated, she was enraged as she was on her way to lift up holy hands, to sing praises, to give a sacrifice of praise unto God for his grace and for his mercy, to shout and to receive confirmation through the word of God. Out of all the days that Penina could have bothered Hannah, 
Brother Simon, it was the day that she was on her way to church. Isn't it ironic how sometimes the most real and the most something we experience throughout the week is on Sunday? Sunday is the day that the car don't want to work. Sunday is the day that the kids don't want to get up to get dressed for church. Sunday is the day that you try to cook breakfast, but the stove don't want to come on. The microwave don't want to come on. You thought you had some milk in the refrigerator, but you don't have any milk. And so now you have to go to the store to get some milk. And by you going to the store, out the way to Walmart to get some milk, it's going to make you late for service. And you know you got to sing in the choir. You know the preacher wants you in the choir stand by 950, but it's causing you to be late. Out of all the things that stuff could happen, it could happen on Monday. It could happen on Tuesday. It could have happened on my way to work. I would have been fine to be late to work. But all of all the days that it had to happen, it had to happen on Sunday. I came to let somebody know. I came to tell somebody today that the reason why Penina, the, the reason of, the reason why Penina provoked Hannah so much on Sunday, because she knew that once Hannah got into the house of God, that there was going to be a confirming word that was going to be sent to Hannah to let her know that there is, there is purpose behind your pain. Hannah's relationship with God was personal, it was mature, and it was intimate, even though Hannah was hurting. Even though she was sorrowful, even though she was heartbroken, nothing could be able to disconnect her from her main source. I came to let somebody know today as well. Listen, I don't care what you go through in life. I'm not trying to be insistent to what you're going through, but let nothing separate you from the love of God. Let nothing separate you from your connection with God. Let nothing hinder you from getting close to God. Because one thing that pain does, Stephanie, it causes you to grow closer. It causes you to grow closer in to God. Listen, as a kid, I ate a lot of candy. Ate a lot of candy. Listen, I like sugar so much that I would go and get me a spoon and sneak in the kitchen and pull out the bag of sugar and just eat the sugar straight out the bag. So needless to say, I stayed in the dentist's office. Everybody else had one nurse. I had two, one to keep me calm and the one to help the doctor. And sometimes I would get these real bad toothaches and I wouldn't feel nothing. Get there. I, I didn't feel like going down in the basement to play church that day, so I was just hurt. But I would never say anything, but my mom, she could tell that one jaw was a whole lot bigger than the other. And she, she would check it real quick. I said, yeah, it's a little hurt. <laughs> yeah. And it was one day that I was sick. And the pain hit me so bad. I woke up in the middle of my sleep. Woke up in the middle of my sleep, and I ran out of my room crying, looking for my father. And I ran in this room, and I shut my eyes, and I put my head up against the chest, and I rocked me, and I went to sleep. And as soon as this, the pain didn't go away. The pain didn't go away. But I had the confidence and assurance of knowing that my father was right there with me. I had the confidence and I had the confidence and assurance of knowing that my father was sitting there holding me in his arms, holding me close to his bosom, and letting me know that everything was okay. The pain caused me to run to my father because I knew where my help came from. Listen, saints of God, we gotta know, we must know where our help comes from. Ask your neighbor, say, neighbor, do you know where your help comes from? Do you know where your help comes from? Do you know where your help comes from? Don't let the pain, don't let the cares of life, don't let life pull you away from the days to become disconnected from God. Because it's through the pain that God does something that God will show you. 
is the pain that God is something that God wants to tell you. Hannah had every right to fight for God. She had every right to return every demeaning word, every demeaning comment that Penina said to her. And now she's going to church. Come here, brother. She's going to church, minding her own business. But she's already down in her spirit. She's already depressed because she's unable to give her husband what he wants and what he desires, and that's a child. So because her husband's not able to give her, because she's not able to give her husband what he desires, he goes out and gets another wife. So now Elkanah has a problem. He has to manage and control and love two different women in two different stages in their life. He got Hannah who's discontent because she's barren. And he got Penina that's pregnant. So he has to, he has to balance himself out to be able to love Hannah and to be able to love Penina because they both are his wives. The Bible says as they go to the temple, Brother Mike is Hannah. I know I could have picked the woman, but he's the first person I saw on Saturday. And so they're going to the temple, going to walk to the temple. And every day Penina is reminding her, oh my God, what kind of woman are you? Literally, what kind of woman are you, Brother Michael? What kind of woman are you? Can't even give her, you can't even give your husband a child. You're weak. You're a disgrace to all women. Day after day. But the Bible never says that Hannah turns around and says anything back to Penina. It never says that Hannah turns around and rebukes Penina. It never says that Hannah turns around and refutes Penina. But the Bible says that she continues to go to the house of God to worship. She continues to go to the temple of God to lift up, her, to lift up holy hands. She continues to go to the temple of God to give God a sacrifice of praise. She continues to go to the house of God to give in her tithes and give in her offering. She continues to go to the house of God to, to fellowship with the saints and to find encouragement and to find love and to find courage. She continues to go to the house of God despite what she is dealing with. And she could have had every right to turn around and slap the teeth out of her. Had every right to bust all the windows out of her car, to slash her tires, to call her all types of curse words, all types of stuff. But Hannah demonstrates self-control. And she constrains herself because Hannah realized that the favor of God was already upon her life. Oh, I ain't got no help today, but that's all right. She realized that she had the favor of God upon her life. What is it talking about, preacher? The favor of God. The Bible says that when that when that when Elkanah went to distribute the sacrificial meat, that he gave Penina some meat. That was his wife. He gave Hannah some meat. But the special thing about it was that he gave Hannah a double portion. <laughs> he gave Hannah a double portion of the meat when Penina rightfully deserved more seeing that she had more to provide for. Listen, saints of God, favor overlooked. Favor overlooks the most expected individuals that you think God 
God is going to move and, and create opportunities in their in their lives that you think God's going to do this, God's going to do that for them, God's going to make a way. Oh, nothing about those people. But it's something about people that have the faith of God upon your life that God will look over somebody else and bless you in spite of when you're not qualified, when you don't have the credentials, when you're not doing everything that you should do, when you're not lining yourself up the way that you should have. It's something about the favor of God that look past everybody else that so rightfully deserves the blessing that God is getting ready to give you in your life. But he looks at you and he says, listen, I see my child. I see my son. I see my daughter. They inspire of what they're going through, they're pressing their way. In spite of what they're experiencing, they're pressing their way. In spite of the winds and the waves and the rain and the hurricanes that's coming their way, they're pressing away. Because the one thing about favor kids, they're like baby kids. They don't die, but they multiply. The favor of God was upon Hannah's life. And when the favor of God is upon your life, you don't have to speak a word because favor speaks for you. Oh, that's all right. Y'all have to go with me. Penina saw the favor that was bestowed upon Hannah's life, and it intimidated her, and she used that. She, she used Hannah's inabilities against her. But the thing that Penina did not understand was that Hannah's inability was God's availability to show up and to do the impossible in her life. Why you say that, preacher? It's because, listen, God shut up Hannah's womb. Y'all catch it when you get home on the way to work in the morning. God shut up Hannah's room because he was looking to and fro, looking for somebody that he could be able to show himself strong in and he worked on and worked on their behalf. And he saw a woman named Hannah and he realized that he knew I can do whatever in the life of Hannah and she's not going to leave me. She's not going to stop worshiping me. She's not going to stop praising me. She's, gonna, she's not going to stop coming to the temple, but she's going to continue to press her way through. Tell your neighbors and neighbor, this is a season of press. You're going to press your way through. Come on, find somebody. You're going to Press your way through. I know the pressure is mounting. I know the pressure is mounting, but you got to press your way through. Sometimes I don't feel like getting up here to preach, but I got to press my way through. I may not want to come on Tuesday night because I've been working all day and I'm tired dealing with kids, but I have to press my way through because I know that God is up to something. I know God has heard my cry. I know God has heard my prayer. And my inability is God's availability to do the impossible in my life. Somebody ought to give God praise right there for your inabilities. Somebody ought to thank God right there for your infirmities. Because it's God's opportunity to show up in your life and to bestow favor upon your life. Don't let anything stop you from pursuing the purpose and the plan that God has for your life. Don't let nothing hinder you from fulfilling what God has already said about you. Because there's, there's some things that God has said about you that you don't even know. <laughs> there's some thoughts that God has about you that you don't even know not of. But don't let nothing stop you from pursuing the purpose and the plan that God has for your life. Listen, the other day, I was, I, the Lord, here's the Lord God probably speaks to me more in school. And on the bus, than anywhere else. We were on the bus Thursday. And the bus driver took a different route. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Usually, you know, 
after the kids, majority of the kids get off their chairs crying, you know, it's nap time. It's, you know, and majority of the kids all uh, let that window in the back down, let that wind hit you right in my face the right way, and then it's over. And so we went a different route, taking the kids home Thursday. I got a little confused. I'm like, wait a minute. Take this route. I don't know. I don't remember snapping at this building. I don't remember, you know, the kids, the the first, second stop, the kids, you know, that they, they, they get dropped off to the right. Third, fourth stop, the kids get dropped off to the left. What, huh? What, what's, what's going on? What are we doing? You know, I'm a little nervous because I don't know the guy. I mean, he's Mr. You know, he's a nice guy. I don't know him. It's just me and you on the bus now, but the where are we going? I get a little nervous. Wait a minute, Steve. Wait a minute, brother. I'm back there praying, Lord. Where are we going? I got my car. I said, bro, I, I know so. I know something like one of the church mothers said. But I'll run to their house if I got to. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, wait a minute. I don't remember seeing none of this stuff. I don't remember seeing no tree back there. This house there. That house there. What's going on? I'm all confused, all discombobulated, all this other stuff. The boss comes in. He said, Richard, he said, sometimes purpose will take you on a different route to your destination. And you may not know where you're going because you're out of your comfort zone. You're not, and you're unfamiliar with the stuff around you. He said, but the one thing that you got to know and rest assured the only thing that matters is that the driver knows the final stop. That's okay. He had to show me and say, listen, preacher, the only thing that matters is that I know the final destination that you need to stop at. Listen, saints of God, purpose is going to may take you around the corner, up the alley, down the alley, over the tree, around the tree, back two times, over there, under a few, five times. But at the end of the day, all that matters is that God knows the final stop that I need to make in order to be able to, to fulfill the purpose and the plan that he has for my life. Hannah knew what she needed from the Lord. And that's why she continued to go to the temple year after year to worship God, to lift up his name, to give a sacrifice to him. Let's be real, saints of God. I'm not adding to the Bible because I'm just reading my text Bible here in the temple. Hannah probably did not feel like going to the temple. She probably didn't feel like praising God. She didn't feel like shouting. She didn't feel like looking up holy people. She didn't feel like giving her tithe. Probably because she's mad. God, why did you shut up my womb? Listen, sometimes you ask God why. God, why did such and such happen? God, why did this, why did you allow this to happen? God, I need you to make sense of all this that's going on. But God shut up her womb for a reason because she availed herself to the plan and the purpose of God so that God could be able to move miraculously on her behalf. Hannah knew what she needed from the Lord, and Penina was the fuel to push her to her next level. Listen, somebody right now ought to thank God for the Peninas in your life. I'm not just talking about people, but I'm talking about situations. I'm talking about circumstances, because it was Penina that pushed her to pray. It was Penina that pushed her to pray and to align herself in the will of God. Hannah would not have given birth to Samuel, who was one of the greatest judges of Israel, if it had not been for Penina pushing her to pray and to go after God. Press 
you're in pain, all the does and as the saints of God, it pushes you to align yourself into the will and to the divine alignment of God in your life to get yourself in the position of purpose and the position of the plan that God has for your life. Because whether you want to believe it or not, in pain comes your greatest ministry and your greatest ministry. I said that twice. In pain comes your greatest ministry and your greatest blessing. Because there is no anointing (laughs) without pain. There is no anointing who can come down the corner and get bathed in oil. Get hands laid on by a bishop, apostle, prophet, general. Because what we have to realize, saints, is that pain authenticates and validates you for the places that God is willing to take you in life. Pain is your stamp of approval saying, listen, they've been tried, they've been tested, and they've been proven to handle the blessings that I want to bestow upon them in their lives. Pain strengthens your spirit, man. Pain makes you pray. Pain makes you fast. Pain makes you quiet so that you can be able to hear God. Pain makes you to trust God. Pain makes you to praise, makes you to worship. Pain allows you to see God working on your behalf. The ministry of pain has a plan and a purpose in your life. You know, Bible says sometimes, and there's nothing wrong with this, you know, seminars and pastors and teaching how to worship. <laughs> I'm coming to realize you go to seminars, you go to conferences, and the only thing that teaches you how to worship is pain. <laughs> only thing that teaches you how to praise is life. Because it's what you've gone through since you've been a child. But you see God in you're talking about a praise break. You can look back and see what God has done. You look back and see where you were and where you are now. Oh, my God, I can praise him big time. To look back and to see, God, you did that for little old me. God, you made a way for little old me when I did this. God, I didn't even serve you the way that I should have. I didn't make you first in my life. I didn't pay my tithes. I didn't go to church. I didn't pray. I didn't read my Bible. But, God, you still worked on my behalf. From this day forward, saints of God, our perspective of pain must change. God allows pain to draw us closer to him to launch us into our next dimension. The Apostle Paul reminds us in Romans 8, 17, that if we are his children, then we are his heirs also. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. Only we must share his suffering if we are to share his we want to reign with God, we got to suffer. If we want to sit in heavenly places, we got to suffer. As Elder Robinson King Saul says, 
bunch of people here today. your point, almost at your breaking point, almost at the point where your rope is about to break, and you say, God, if you're going to do something for me, I need to learn this lesson. I've been crying from looking to this side, looking to this place to go, but God, ain't nothing opening up. I'm doing what you tell me to do, God, but nothing still is making sense. Come with holy hands lifted up to God and worshiping God for who he is. There's a songwriter that said that, listen, you don't know my story. You don't know all the things that I've been through. Don't know none of it. But the one thing that I do know is that I've been through too much not to worship him. I've been through too much not to praise him. I've been through too much not to glorify him. I know I have pain. I know I'm experiencing pressure. But by God, I thank you for where you brought me from. I thank you for where you have me right now. If you're in this place, just meet me at the altar worshiping the Lord. Just meet me at the altar worshiping him. Forget about people. People can't give you what you need. Forget it, they're looking at you or not, but you know what you need from God. Meet me at this altar with hands lifted up before the Lord. With hands lifted up before the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've been through too much. I've experienced too much. I've gone through too much. I've seen too much. I've heard too much. And God, I can't turn back now. Oh, and by you coming to this altar today, by you coming with holy hands, lifting up before God, you saying, God, despite the pain, I trust you. Despite the pressure, I trust you. God, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in, oh God, but I'm going to lay hold to your ever-loving hand. I'm going to lay hold to your everlasting hand. And just when you feel that you met your breaking point, you keep reaching up. You keep stretching out to God. You keep stretching out to God. You keep stressing out for God. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare give in because you're right on the edge. 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 You're right on the edge of a breakthrough. You're right on the edge of God making sense of everything that's going on in your life. Listen, I dare you right now, let the tears come. It's okay. But I dare you that despite of your, despite your tears, despite the pain, to lift up your voices and cry out to God and to worship God for who he is and to tell God just how amazing he is. Tell God just how wonderful he is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's purpose. That's purpose. That's purpose. That's purpose. 
That's purpose, that's purpose, that's purpose, that's purpose. That's the God that's out there in the congregation. Lift your hands in worship. It's not a spectator's boy. Lift your hands in worship. Lift your hands in worship. If you're going to lie prostrate before the Lord, if you're going to walk around, you do what you have to do. But you cry out to God. You cry out to God. You chase after God. You reach up to God. Because he is your help. He is your strength. And Father God, I lift up your sons. I lift up your daughters to you, oh God. And I commit them to your hands, Lord. I commit them to your hands, oh God, with their tears. I commit you to your, to your hands, oh God, with their frustration, with their pains, oh God, with their pressures, Father God. And I say, Lord, have your way in their lives. Have your way in their lives, God. Shape them, mold them, fashion them, oh God. Make them, oh God, into what you have already ordained, for what you have already preordained for them to be, oh God, for what you have already created them to be, oh God, for the foundations of those that before you formed them in their mother's womb, oh God. You already had a plan. You already had a purpose. And I come against the desire to abort the purpose because of the pain, the pain. I come against the desire to abort, to abort the destiny, oh God, because of the pain. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that you lift up every heavy heart, every sorrowful spirit, every depressed mind in the name of Jesus. I come against doubt in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, there's purpose, there's purpose, there's purpose, there's purpose behind the pain, there's purpose behind the struggle, there's purpose behind the stress, there's purpose behind the, behind the frustration. But God, we make up in our minds today that no matter what we go through, no matter how stuff may seem, no matter what roads we go on, no matter what roller coasters we go on, Father God, your name is yet to be praised. Your name is yet to be magnified. Your praise is yet to be glorified. And we must know, Lord God, that pain, that pressure has a time frame, oh God. But it has to come to an end sooner or later, Father God. But in the midst of it, Lord, I'm going to trust you. In the midst of it, I'm going to praise you. In the midst of it, I'm going to magnify you. Because you are God and God all by yourself. And besides you, there is no other. I can look north. I can look south. I can look east. I can look west. But I won't be able to find nobody like you, Lord. I thank you for You're not going to lose your mind. <laughs> You're not going to be depressed. I bind it right now. I pray that you keep your mind in perfect peace. Whose mind has stayed on him? That he will keep your mind. He will keep your mind. The devil is after your mind. But I bind the hand of the devil now in the name of Jesus. Free their minds, Lord. Free their minds, Lord. Free their spirits, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I speak liberation. I speak freedom, oh God. In the name of Jesus. And devil, we serve notice on you today that you are a liar and you are a defeated foe. all the saints of God that is in agreement with that. I dare you to open up your mouth and give God the loudest shout that you can.